Welcome to the JMP Cast. I'm your host, Josiah Michael Pyatt. This podcast is centered around the question what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? On today's episode, we dive into the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossians. Specifically, we hear Paul's expansive view of the grander story of humanity. Paul invites us to lift our eyes up and to see the Father, the Son, and the Spirit within the lens of eternity. Join me today as we dive into all things. Jesus is as personal and as intimate and intentional as the individual. And yet he is also as expansive as the earth and the heavens, as the things we can see and the things that we can't see. In this section, Paul is going to emphasize and express the expansiveness of Christ. Paul is going to take a moment and show this church and us and remind us and let us see this grander story that is going on around us. It's almost as if Paul is taking the the cheek of this church and he's rising it up saying, okay, children, instead of just looking at what's going around you and what's going on in your circle, let's rise our head to to the heavens. Let's see the story that is going on. Let's remember, let's reflect, let's look at, let's behold the grander story that is going on in the person of Jesus Christ. If you've been following along in this series, we'll have known that by this point, Paul has been talking about the gospel in a a personal and intimate way. And it's as if in this moment, Paul is about to expand the view of the church to remind them of a greater story that is going on. It is not that Jesus is not as intimate as the person, but it is also that Jesus is as expansive as the world that we get to see and that we get to uh, enjoy around us. And so in this moment, Paul is expanding our vision. He's expanding this church's attention to something greater than just what is going on around them. Let's see how Paul does this. Let's hear this expansiveness. Let's put our attention and our affection towards Jesus. Let's, let's hopefully hear something new from him. Before we do that, let's pray. Father, I ask that right now you would just fill our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, our emotions. God, would we just let go of our plans today? Would we let go of what's happened yesterday? Will we just be present with you in this moment? God, would you give us ears to hear the words that you were wanting to speak? God, would we have a heart that's ready and willing to receive all that you have for us? God, we want to say yes to you in a fresh and new way today. Give us eyes to see you clearly and properly. Father, would we hear the words of you that you've spoken through Paul? Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this time that we get to have. We love you and we trust you and we just want to hear from you today. So, Father, would you speak? So, we're going to be reading from Colossians chapter 1, verses 15. And I think we'll stop at verses 18. And this is the English Standard Version. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven 
and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things are held together. Have you ever had one of those moments where you're just like, whoa? Maybe it was when you looked up at the sky and you looked at the clouds and you just, you just had this moment of reflection where you just realized how big everything is and how small we are. You know, maybe it was when you looked at the stars or, or if you've ever had the opportunity to see a mountain or see wildlife in nature. Maybe it was when you held your child for the first time or when you, when you uh, gazed upon your spouse. I don't know what this moment might be, but, but there's these moments that happen in time where we're in creation, where we see something of this earth and there's just, there's just a moment of pause where we just look and we're like fully present in the moment and it's just like, whoa, wow, this is amazing. You see, Paul in this, in this almost like a poem, he's saying that Jesus is God. He is the one who created all things in heaven and in earth. All things were created by him. If you want to know who God is, Paul is telling us that we need to look at Jesus. And as we look at Jesus, we are going to discover and see that he is the creator. He is the one who has created all things. All things have been created by him, through him, and for him. Did Jesus, did God create all these things and then leave it, his creation to itself? No, it says that he is before all things. That is that he is first. He is greater than all these things. And yet he also is the one who sustains all things. Jesus is the one that keeps our earth spinning. He is the one who takes care of the sparrows. He did not create this earth and then distance himself from it. No, he created it and he has drawn near to it. Paul is reminding this church, despite the corruption and the chaos that was surrounded and within this church in Colossae, that Jesus is king. He is Lord. He is in control. All things, the rulers, the authorities, everything has been made by him and through him and for him. And yet, there's this problem that we face when we think about this question. Because there's a world that has these beautiful moments where we can experience this awe and this wonder of creation. But then there's also this destruction, there's corruption, there's violence, there's tragedy, there's evil. You know, as I get older, I get the opportunity of meeting more and more people. And there's something that I've discovered, there's something that I've learned as I've grown and met more people. You know, I've met 50-year-olds who have gone through no tragedy. Evil has not touched their doorfront. And this isn't anything against them at all. It doesn't mean that they haven't had hardships. But there is an evil in this world. There's tragedy that can hit. That is just, it, it, there's no way of explaining how or why. It just happens. And I've met 50-year-olds who have never touched that tragedy. Who have never experienced that moment. And yet at the same time, I know 50-year-olds whose life almost seems marked by tragedy. It's almost as if it's 
these evil things have happened in their life, one after the other after the other. Now, this is in no way a reflection of who they are. It's just a reality of the world that we live in, that there can be these awe-inspiring moments and yet these tragic and, and difficult moments. And you see, Paul isn't going to run from that idea. He's actually going to dive right into that. You see, because he's saying that all things are made by and through and for Jesus. And so all things are made by him and through him. But because of the love of Jesus Christ, not all things are actually given for him. What do I mean by that? Well, if you dive into the first couple chapters of Genesis, that's the first book in the Bible. Regardless of if you believe that Adam and Eve are a real person or not is besides the point. Because whether they're real or whether they're not, it still points to the same truth. Which is that God revealed himself to humanity by allowing humanity to have a choice in whether they want to have a relationship with him. What does that mean? Well, if God is love and God is the full expression, the full substance of life, he is good, he is faithful, he is kind, he is joy, he is peace. And if God didn't want to force this on humanity, then that means humanity had to have a choice of whether or not they wanted to live and experience those things. And so for Adam and Eve, again, whether they're literal or not is besides the point. They decided to not choose God, which means they had to choose death because anything that is not God is death. And when they made that decision, there was a personal experience that happened that they were separated from God. But there was also something that happened in the cosmos, in the earth. You see, now the men, it says the men and the women would have to toil over the land. Pregnancy, having birth was going to cause pain. But even in the earth itself, the animals were not made to eat each other in the original design. I don't know if you knew that. And so there was corruption that happened on every level of the earth and the heaven. And so evil has entered this world, not from God's design, but because God has allowed us to have a choice. You know, I had the opportunity in my undergrad to take a seminary course, and this professor said something that was so profound to me, it stuck with me. He said, what makes evil so evil is that it's unexplainable. It's this crazy reality that there's just some things that happen. There's some tragedies that that we have to live through that just don't have an explanation to it. But even with those things, we have to ask the question, does God stay distant or does he want to draw near in those things? So let's read what Paul has to say in this next little part. So this is verse 18 and we'll finish it off to verse 20. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him, All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. See, Paul in this moment is recognizing that this world needs reconciliation. 
that there are things that are not right. So even though Paul is saying that Jesus has created all things by him, through him, and for him, not all things ended up being for him because of the love that God has that allowed us to have a choice. And so there's a need for reconciliation. There was a need for Jesus to die on the cross, for his blood to be spilt. Again, if you've listened to previous episodes, you'll know that Paul has already explained the gospel to these people from an individual level. But right now, Paul is expanding the view of what God accomplished on that cross. You see, it's not just you and I that have reconciliation to the Father, which of course we do. But it's also the earth. The heavens, the things that we see and the things that we don't see that have the opportunity to be reconciled to Jesus, to be reconciled to God the Father through what Jesus has done. Now this doesn't mean that the tragedy that we may have faced in life or the evil that may have come in is any less evil. It's not any less easier. It is not saying that these things are not hard to go through. Oh, if you have gone through tragedy, if you have gone through evil things that have happened to you, again, I'm not saying things that you've done, but things that have happened out of your control. Can I just tell you today that I'm sorry that it is hard. And I'm sorry if someone who is a Christian has tried to put a band-aid on a wound that needs surgery, that needs great depth of intention and great depth of perception and precision. Can I tell you today, if you are a follower of Jesus, there is nothing wrong with seeing a counselor when tragedy hits. There is nothing wrong with going and asking for help. This does not mean that you don't trust Jesus. This does not mean that you don't have faith. Oh, would that never be a thing that we as Christians say to one another? Paul is not making light of the evil that has happened, but he is saying there is a way through the blood that things can be reconciled to him. Now this reconciliation, some of these things we will get to experience on this side of things, but others will not be reconciled until we enter eternity. All things will be reconciled. All things. When we bring ourselves to Jesus, tragedy and all, we surrender, we, we give ourselves to him. We say, we don't understand. We, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we can't comprehend why this happened. But what we do know is that you are in control, that you have all things and all things are for you. And so we want to put our trust in you. When we do this, Jesus brings a peace in our heart. Now, sometimes this peace is a manifested, but sometimes it, it, it just looks like being faithful and taking steps despite the feelings, despite the thoughts, despite the emotions that we have. Oh, it's not easy. Please hear me in that. But we have an opportunity to trust Jesus that all things will be reconciled. There is a greater narrative that you and I get to have because of our faith in Jesus Christ. There is a bigger story going on than just you and me having reconciliation with the Father through Jesus by the Holy Spirit. The whole earth is in a process of reconciliation through Jesus' blood. So, just like as individuals, you and I get to participate in the reconciliation 
of ourselves to the Father, meaning Jesus invites us and we have the opportunity to say yes. Our yes is that participation. We didn't enact it. We didn't deserve it, but we do play a small part in it. You and I also get to play a part in the grander story of reconciliation of all things in heaven and on earth. What does that mean practically? It means that when you and I take care of the environment, when you and I look at ways that we can be more sustaining as a human race, when you and I take care for those who are lost, for those who are broken, when you and I look at this corrupt system that is around us and find ways to bring peace and reconciliation, we are actually through the blood having the authority to do this. It is through Jesus' authority that he's given us to bring peace and reconciliation in all things. We don't deserve to play a part. It is not because we are special. No, we have been made new and whole through Jesus. And now we have an opportunity to be peacemakers in the world and the chaos that is around us. Paul is reminding us of the expansiveness of God's love, of God's grace, that he's created all things by him, through him, and for him. He sustains all things, including you and me, but there's a greater story that we get to play a part of in our communities. So when we see those around us that are hurting, that are broken, when we see the chaos and we choose to step in and bring peace, that is pleasing and honoring to our Father. He is promising us that He will be there in those spaces, that He will give us the words, He will give us His presence, He will give us His power to reveal the grace and the peace that He has paid for from a societal level. So should followers of Jesus take care of the environment, both in a a geographical sense, but also in a personal and sociological sense? Absolutely. This is where his kingdom can be revealed. This is where his kingdom can be on display. We are to be people of peace in in our city, in the places that Jesus has put us in. So in closing today, would we fix our eyes on Jesus? the creator of all things, where we remember that there is a greater story going on in our lives and in our city's lives, in our neighborhoods, with our families, in this world. Would we see the opportunities to bring reconciliation, to bring peace in all things? Would we remember that God is in control, that Jesus is king, that he is Lord, that he is worthy, that he is holy? That he is as intimate and as personal as you and me, but he is also as expansive as the globe around us. He is the one who sustains us. He is in control. We're going to be okay. Will we look for the ways that we can actively participate in the reconciliation that is going on around us? Would we be people of peace? Jesus, we say yes to this invitation today. We thank you for the privilege of being placed in the city and in the neighborhood with the family and the friends and the co-workers that you have put us around. God, regardless of if our day is starting or finishing, we just want to trust you and we ask that you would have your way, that you would open our eyes to see just the expansive story that is going on. Father, our hands are up and we say yes to this invitation. We thank you that we can put our full trust in you, that you are reconciling all things, 
We trust you today, Jesus. Thank you for all that you're doing and all that you continue to do in our lives and in around us. Father, you are good and you are faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope something in it has stirred your hearts to desire to participate in the grander story of reconciliation that is happening in our midst. If you are wanting to stay up to date on these weekly episodes, the best way to stay connected is to subscribe to this channel. If you are looking for more resources or just wanting to stay connected, you can follow us by searching at the JMPcast on Instagram. We're also on Facebook, so if you don't have an Instagram page, you can follow us at the JMPcast. I hope you will consider joining me on this journey through this letter as we continue to ask this question, what does it mean to live in our identity in Christ and to actually participate in the Father's kingdom? Have a great day.